0: You're listening to the Clutter Fairy Weekly, a weekly webcast and podcast brought to you by the Clutter Fairy in Houston, Texas. If you'd like to participate in one of our live webcasts, please visit cfhou.com weekly. You'll find a calendar of upcoming webcasts as well as instructions for joining the Zoom meeting via the app or by phone. We'd love to see you. That URL again is cfhou.com weekly. Now here's the weekly episode. Enjoy!
1: Hi Clutter Fairy fans, this is the Clutter Fairy Weekly for March 28th, 2023. I'm your co-host Ed Gumnick and I'm speaking with Gail Goddard, Certified Professional Organizer and Owner of the Clutter Fairy in Houston, Texas.
0: Hi everybody, the Clutter Fairy Weekly is the webcast and podcast that digs deep into the clutter that piles up between you and the life you want to be living. We explore the habits and behaviors that lead to clutter and we suggest the strategies to slow the accumulation, reduce the collection, and comfortably manage the stuff we decide to keep.
1: If you're new to our Zoom meeting, we would like to let you know that you can share your comments and questions via the chat feature and I'll try to make sure Gail addresses them before we move on to another topic. You can also use the raise hand feature if you'd like to make a comment or ask a question yourself via audio or video and we're streaming the webcast live on Facebook so you can share your questions and comments there and I'll relay them to Gail. We're gonna start by recapping last week's weekly tittle which was called Break It Down. The assignment was to make or refine your plan for managing a big long-term decluttering or organizing project by breaking the project down into a list of discrete steps. Let's hear from our participants in Zoom and on Facebook. Who broke down a project this week? Please let us know in the comments. I didn't find any comments that really address the tittle directly. So, while we give our live audience time to check in about their tittle progress this week, I want to share a comment from a YouTube, from a YouTube listener on an unrelated topic. This came from BK5328. BK Bcase said, There is a difference between austere or Spartan and minimalism. Too often, the two are used as if they are interchangeable, but minimalism is closer to this description in the book, enough. What is enough for you, not someone else, at the present to do what you need to do and what is important to you to do in in the space you have to use. It is different for each person and changes with time and situation. Mm -hmm. B. Case makes a great point. I'm probably as guilty as anyone of sort of describing minimalism as a spartan approach to living and some there are certainly people who advocate for minimalism who go that route but
0: yeah are aiming for that target
1: yeah and we sometimes talk about the potential difficulties of living someone else's ideal of a minimalist lifestyle what we often preach here at the clutter fairy weekly is a kind of i guess what you could call a kind of personalized minimalism paring down your life to what you have decided is enough
0: it's a great reflection of we're all aiming for a level of stuff that we can manage which is why in the introduction i talk about comfortably managing the things you decide to keep for some people if you're young and hale and hardy managing a whole bunch of stuff is easy and physically possible and isn't an issue isn't a problem um, as we get older and we lose some capacities and we slow down and we lose interest, then you know the amount of stuff that you want to keep up with becomes less, and and you don't want to spend all your energy doing that. And so um, that target, I think, moves over our lifetime. And where people get in trouble with having too much clutter is they continue to store instead of keep what they need to function. And so it, to me, minimalism is aiming for the the pile of stuff that you can comfortably manage yourself and whatever that looks like for you at whatever stage in your life. And, and if you can reach a collection in your home of stuff that you can comfortably manage, then, then you've sort of reached the right level, right? Like you've reached the place that works for you. And recognizing that that place is going to shift over time and you're going to have to shift and change that comfortably managed target as your life circumstances change maybe it's going to get bigger maybe you're going to end up with a bigger house and you're going to have you can have more or you're going to you know get ill and going to have to drastically pare down because you can't manage as much you don't have as much energy or physical capacity motion time you don't have enough motion time to be keeping up with everything in the same way and so we're always trying to talk about getting to a level that you can comfortably manage, whatever that is for you in your life circumstances. And um, B-Case is making that point generally, which is wonderful. So thank you for sharing. And then we were talking about that book, Ed, but we can't tell which book she's referencing. She slash she, we don't know which. So B- B-Case, <clears throat> if, you are, if
1: you are watching or listening, please uh, comment or you could email us at tcfw at We'll go to both of us. If you want to email us or leave a, leave a follow-up comment on YouTube, because we'd like to know which book enough you're talking about. We found four or five on various uh, topics related to. Oh yeah. So are all in the general
0: vicinity of that, but we couldn't tell based on your description, um, which of those many options were the one you were talking about. So we wanted to reference the right book and we didn't, we couldn't feel like we could pick one. So let us know.
1: Jane says, thanks for the suggestion to make a plan. This year's project is the garage. Last weekend, Mm -hmm. I made a list of the categories, steps and priority of stuff in the garage. This makes me feel more optimistic about my ability to do this.
0: Good job making a list. That's always exciting. And you know, it's not written in stone, right? That list can flex and move as you need it to. And when you find stuff that you didn't realize when you were first planning, you can add things to the list or take things off or whatever. But it just gives you a place to refer to and keep going. And so good for you, man. You're going to find that super helpful as you start doing the work. So yay.
1: M says, making a very detailed list of small steps was rewarding because I get to check off a lot on my list. That gives <laughs> right? me a boost to continue. <laughs> that That's a really strong <laughs> argument in favor of that approach, break, of breaking 100%. something down into the s- small, small reasonable chunks. I mean, you don't want, every single 30 second task to be an item or you'll spend all your time managing the list instead of actually accomplishing anything yeah but it is nice to break it down so that every five ten fifteen minutes you can go up oh, okay that's done,
0: thing done. <laughs> check that one off that's wonderful because you know what you need rewards and you can't you know when the plan is clean the garage you know that's going to be weeks of work right and so not being able to win, reward yourself, check it off until you get that whole project done, that's too long to wait. So being able to do the steps in in the middle and checking off the individual steps, it does it goes a long way towards keeping you feeling rewarded and enthusiastic about moving forward.
1: Connie reports, I had a volunteer assignment to make an interactive walk around my neighborhood, and so I broke it into steps, less overwhelming and lots of fun
0: oh that sounds like fun how awesome walking around the neighborhood in- inspecting i
1: guess <laughs> well she did, yeah she didn't say uh, um, the she didn't really describe what the purpose of the project was. yeah yeah we'll yeah but how fun elaborate. that's great go ahead sandra
2: um yeah i mean i haven't done anything because i wasn't on last week so i didn't know what the the title was but you're talking about breaking stuff down somebody on on this um on this zoom oh since the beginning of this year um mentioned about uh, an app called google tasks i don't know whether they mentioned it in verbal or in the in the in the chat in the in the chat mm. but i picked it up it was it was relevant to whatever was being talked about that way and i picked it up and found it and i've been using that since and i can have like a list of stuff that i have to do and then i've got it split down into my care staff of and I can just add things what they have to do, and then they can just they just put a little tick in. Well, it's a they just press the thing on the box. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Tick it off and stuff. Yeah. And I've since whoever whoever it was, and I'm sorry I can't remember who it was who suggested that, but it was somebody from from this group but thank you so much it's been so brilliant and so helpful to me and of course because it's google my staff can access it on their phones when they're downstairs oh. in the kitchen and what have you so they can just access it and i can just add stuff and they can tick stuff off and i can see it's gone and been done and oh was it you samudra was it you who... oh sorry you were just you were just you were just being very enthusiastic she there, was just honestly. waving <laughs> <laughs> but it's just whoever whoever suggested it it is just it has just really revolutionized um not just my sorting but you know my staff doing stuff yeah for you me. have you you manage Absolutely. a team and so it helps yeah. you manage the team it does and it's just so brilliant for sorting and just you know enabling my staff to help me live live a live a life so thank you so that's yeah, wonderful <laughs> that's really great thanks for the report ios
1: devices and the and the and mac operating system the notes app works that works that way in the in all the latest versions of the operating system you can create a note including checklists like i use it for my grocery shopping list and um and you can share them with other people and so you can collaboratively manage the to-do list which is really nice and well that's
0: great for her situation because she's like on one floor and the staff is on another floor and it like That's really fabulous. And nobody's having to yell. I can just go look at the list. That's wonderful. What I love about it. And the reason I'm so excited is that this is what Sandra is good at is IT. And she's suddenly, she's so much more, you are so much more alive than I've seen you be. It's like you've regained your power by taking, using this app because you're good good at lovely? You're good with technology, and you've you've used it the way it should be used. So, congratulations! That's awesome. Oh, she's blowing you a kiss. That's so wonderful. Thanks for pointing that out. That's a very good point. Thanks, Linda. Awesome. Linda
1: in Pennsylvania said, "I use the same first step for any decluttering project: stop the incoming."
0: by definition baby that is 100 percent true you can't keep adding with a fire hose if you're madly trying to scoop it up on the back end
1: we're going to talk more about stopping the incoming as part of the process of managing collections today paula (laughs) one more comment and then we'll we should get on to our first topic paula in new mexico said finished my long-term project a couple weeks ago did something this week gail can only dream of Went to a bead show with a friend and bought nothing. <laughs> of course, I'm not a I'm not a beater, so it was easy. <laughs>
0: You are so right. Uh, even if I go with the intention of buying nothing, it never actually happens. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it, for me, it's just a gradation of how small is my bag? How small is my tab? How little did I spend? And how small is the take? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Thanks for sharing.
1: Deborah added, I have seen severe. Aestheticism on minimalism sites. Minimalism seems to cross over into almost a stoic approach, or yeah, Spartan approach, and and she says that, which means self-abnegation rather than
0: minimalism. Mm. When it when it get sort of goes off the deep end a little bit.
1: Yeah, I know, and we've and we've also talked about this too about you know on on some of the on some minimalist forums, people get a little. Shall we say, judgy about what they think other people's standards should be, and
0: you know, put two people together, is, and somebody's going to get judgy.
1: Yeah, and that's that is never <laughs> our approach. Our our approach is always you're the one who sets the standard for you, not
0: yeah, 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 100%. Some, some website or a book. Okay, yeah. let's
1: go on because we have a lot to talk about. Okay, our first topic today is the command center. Most of us have one. Our survey said. More than 80% identified something that they consider their command center. A favorite spot where we sit to read, watch TV, work on crafts, manage our busy lives. Today, we're gonna talk about the stuff that tends to collect in these hot zones. And Gail's going to offer a simple plan for decluttering your command center.
0: So in response to one of our surveys, Roberta asked, how do you help clients who accumulate paperwork, laptop, hobbies, et cetera, where they sit the most, like around them on the couch or a chair? And uh, that's a really great question, Roberta. So we thought we'd spend some time talking about the area in many people's homes that we like to call the command center. Um, the most important thing to remember about any place that functions as a command post, as my dad always calls it, he calls it the command post, is that it's in an active use zone. So it needs to be set up as an active use zone and not as a storage area. That means it cannot function mainly as a storage area. Its primary purpose is as a use zone. So how do we set up that kind of space? First, decide what activities are gonna happen in the command post. You're sitting, watching TV, you're gonna eat, reading books, working on hobbies, paying the bills. There will be certain things that always take place there and you need to decide what those are to start off. Once you know what's gonna happen there, Then you want to set up the seating and a small parking space that can be reached from the seating, like a side table, an end table, a coffee table. None of these pieces will have lots of storage capacity. Nothing large with lots of storage can be easily reached from a chair. Land what will sit permanently on this side table, whatever this is. Most, you know, I think of a chair recliner with some kind of table in front or to the side and it's going to be small. So, You want to plan what's going to permanently sit on it. Maybe you want a small bills file. Maybe you want a pen cup or a coaster. Maybe you need a place to park the remotes for the television. (laughs) So depending on the side table you put there, you will have a small surface or two maybe if it's like two layered for some reason. You might have a small drawer or two if you're super lucky that can hold some things that that need to always be within reach and place those necessary things in their parking space. So, here's my pen cup that has some pens and scissors and here's my, you know, little container that has scotch tape or stamps or whatever. Here's my little container that has all the remotes in it or maybe I want the remotes to be in a drawer so that I can always find them like this is, you know. So, you want to put a little amount of things. They need to be things that are supplies that you might always use there and then they just have a permanent space. So here's the cup with the pins and it always stays on top of that surface. And here's the remote caddy and it always has the remotes in it. The idea is that we know the surface is gonna be small and you wanna be able to be in the chair and use the command center. And so you want the few little supplies that you're always gonna have to have. You don't want a million supplies over there. The space is too small. So you want, enough to work with to support whatever you're going to do there not things that belong to a specific task or a one project but things that you're going to use over and over regardless of what you do there is what i'm talking about um so I, i'm just going to throw out this that storing things on the floor is clutter as soon as it hits the floor just know <laughs> the floor is lava so do not think of putting it down like We get in the chair, we run out of space on the side table, and then we don't want to get out of the chair. And so we start putting things on the floor. No, no, no. The floor is not a storage solution. So just know that the floor is lava and anything that goes down there is dead. That's the best way to think of it. Make sure there's a trash can in easy reach. And the biggest thing that happens is as you start to actively use stuff, you're going to generate trash. And if you eat there, you're going to generate trash. And if you open mail there, you're going to generate trash. And so you need some place to put the trash. Um, It can be big or small, depending on your own aesthetic. But that trash can is part of a regular reset that needs to happen often. So empty that can a few times a week. Faster if it gets filled up faster. An overflowing trash can is a distinct possibility in an active use zone. And it'll look a mess if you don't pay attention to churning the trash can regularly. Uh, now if you want other things stored in the room with you to support the command center you can go ahead but these will have to be accessed by getting up out of the chair and it's not likely to be a piece of furniture with a huge storage capacity because you don't have a closet like right next to the chair so we're talking about other pieces of furniture in the room that might have some storage capacity but it's not going to be like your office that has all of the stuff in related to your office and it's full of all cabinets if you're in a in the living room in a chair in front of the television you're not going to have a huge amount of uh, storage so you may want to plan for things that you want ready access to uh, but it's not going to be the best place to put huge volumes of supplies and things like that. Um, Any ongoing project that's going to be worked on there needs a container or a tray for that project to stay in and that container or tray needs a parking space That is not the chair or not the top of the side table or the floor. So the top of the side table, again, is for the few supplies you want permanent access to there. And when you're done for the night, you need to be able to put your project back in its container, put it all in there, put it on the tray, whatever, and go and park that container somewhere. And you want to do that every night you never know when you're gonna come back to it. So you wanna be able to get out of the chair, park, put the stuff in the container, get out of the chair, cause you're going to bed, go park that in its parking space. And this is a good use of uh, some random storage in the room with you, uh, that it has parking spaces for the projects you're working on, not for a bunch of stuff is my point. So the moral of the story and the conclusion of all of these points is this, An active use zone has to be reset. It has to be done very often for it to function well and to not be a constant cluttered, chaotic mess. So it's best to reset it every night. Take any clothes and shoes out of the room when you have a minute. If you're regularly eating and drinking there, you need to take those dishes and the trash out of the room when you're done, or at least at the end of the night. Um, I once saw the game station of a teenage boy that was surrounded by literally dozens of empty soda cans. He never took any trash away from that area. It was a serious biohazard in there. Stuff growing in the cans, sticky puddles where the cans had knocked over and the last bit had poured out. It was just gross. So don't be a teenage boy. (laughs) Remove that trash and get it out there. Whatever activity that you worked on in the command center needs to be reset when you stop, every time. If you just set it aside on the floor or shove it over to the table two nights in a row, you've already got a cluttered mess on top of that table. So there's no room here for leaving things out until the next time. Because you think it'll be tomorrow, but how often do you get to do what you planned on any given day? So put it up every night, pull it out again tomorrow or whatever day you can get back to it. In the meantime, store it in its regular parking space either on the table if it's one of those permanent supplies or in a drawer or in another space in the room. A command post works great and it provides great ease of use as long as you respect what it is and what it isn't. You can't create a command center and then just store an ever-growing collection of stuff around it. That means it's a storage area instead and it can't function as a command center. It's no different than the kitchen sink full of dishes. If you wash and put away the dishes every day, The sink can continue to be used every day for its many purposes. But if you store an ever-growing pile of dirty dishes in the sink, instead of cleaning them and moving them on, you can't use the sink after a couple of meals. And the same is true for a command post. It's got to be reset for the next day's use as a matter of routine. And so keeping that parameter in mind is the most important thing to remember as you build this space. And any other, you know, if you're going to hobby in some place that's in front of the TV, you're going to have to have your hobby supplies in another location. And you're not going to be able to have them all around you in the command center. And um, one of my clients, one of my original clients, um, she has a bad back. And so she has one of those recliners that swings around so she can lay down. Basically, it lays her down for a while. <laughs> she swings back up and she has one little side table on each side. And it's constantly buried in an ever-growing teetering stack of stuff. And then there's stuff in front of both of those tables on the floor. And so it's constantly, it looks like a gauntlet that she runs to get through the stuff to get into the chair. And I, I always imagine that that must make it really hard when she needs to lay down and relieve her back. And she's like climbing through all the stuff to get to the chair and I do my best to reset it, but I'm not there every day, so it's going to be up to you to reset it every night.
1: Pat said, I used to reset my living room and kitchen each night before I went to bed. I need to get back to doing it. Marty said, my bed is my command center extension area. (laughs) That is something we have to kind of guard against is... Having your command center grow beyond the confines of one or two rooms. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, Marty also said my dining room table is my remote command center.
0: Yeah, oh, there you go. That's the second location. Um, And I have to say about the beds. Uh, I've known people, I've had clients who, because they live alone or they sleep alone, they sleep on one part of the bed and they consider the other half of the bed the command center and so it's like this huge stack of paper and shrapnel and clothes and whatever and it's like they're sleeping with another person made out of stuff on the bed and that to me is like wow I don't understand how that's okay I would find that very annoying and distracting and as much as I move around in the bed I would just end up making this stuff fly off the side of the bed in the night. <laughs> but I'm always quite surprised that people sleep on their half and they somehow don't disturb the pile that's on the other half of the bed. I don't know how they make that happen because I would never be able to do that. But, you know, the the pile is, it's like it's grown up out of the mattress and it's there. And and that's, I'm always surprised by that as a as a command center alternative. <laughs>
1: anyway. You know, if you're sitting in your command center and you look mm. around you, what do you see? And some of the answers were more or less what we expected. The biggest one was electronic devices or accessories. Papers to be filed is a big category. And, and that's, that's that, that was, um, thir- let's see, 33. I don't know how many answers we had, but 33, that's probably about about half the audience said they had papers to be filed. In the command center so that's that's sort of interesting
0: and what i do in my command center is everything that i put up there that needs to be filed i pick it up and it goes down the hall at the end of the night to because to a to a bucket that i'm gonna file out of and so um, i have one that's for personal and one that's for my business and i pull those things out of my purse or i and process the mail or i pay a bill or something and those receipts uh, i need to save the paperwork and it's, it comes down the hall every night because I have two cats and if they sit around on the table, it doesn't take, you know, three pieces of paper for it's all getting ready to fall down. And if the cats walk by, forget it. The tail is going to knock it off. So, right, and you don't want to, like, there's also a trash can there, right? If I lose control, some of them might end up in the trash can. So, you know, it's, it's not worth it for me to try to lose, keep the papers from getting lost by waiting to file them, by sticking them on the command post. So that's one of the resets you need to do. You need to take those three pieces of paper and walk them down the hall and put them in your, you know, near where you're going to file so that they're not in the way and they don't make using and accessing the things that are on the side table difficult because they got a bunch of paper delicately balanced on top of them or wedged in somewhere.
1: Right. Now there are things that we expect to find like remote controls. Well, obviously if you're if you're watching TV or listening to music here, you're going to have some remotes. Yeah. But also books in progress. Um mm-hmm. it was a big answer and it's another area where I would encourage people to look at how are you actually using the space because and do all of do all of the books that you're reading right now need to be there or is there another more logical place could you dedicate a section of your bookshelves to these are ones i'm actually these are ones i'm actually reading they don't all need to be on this little table next to me
0: yes you and know? if you if you i you know i don't ever read more than one book at a time some people do jump between books and so if you're a one book at a time person You can have a parking space on this table and the drawer on the shelf that is the current one book. But if you have six books, then that's a pretty unsteady tower when you stack them all up. And you don't want them, you can't really access the things that you need on the table, the permanent park stuff, if there's six books standing in front of them all. And and if you're sitting them there until you have time to read them, then they're gonna be there for months while you get through these six books. And so uh, that's an example of a project that needs a container and a permanent parking space. And so um, Ed's suggestion is there's a bookcase in the room that has the books that you're working on and you can go over and get the one book that you wanna read that day and read it. And then when you get up to go to bed, you can go put it back on the bookcase. Or if you're one book person at a time, You can open a drawer on the side table and put that one book in there until you are ready to come and read it again. Books are always a project. They're, They're never super, it's not something that you complete in one sitting most of the time.
1: Right. You don't sit down and do it in 10 minutes.
0: Right. And so you need to recognize that consuming that book is going to take you some time. It's certainly going to take more than one day. And so you just think of it as a project and treat it and store it like a project and put it up every night. And then when you have time to sit down and read again, you can go get it back out. And the, you know, the 17 books that you have in line that you're going to read next, you know, they don't need to be on the command post in the command post. They need to be in some kind of parking space in the room, waiting their, You know, their time in line with
1: Hardy. We can't really leave anything on the bed. Other than bedding and dog toys, because.
0: Because Marty takes up the space of a human.
1: Well, and he'll turn it, he'll turn it, turn anything you leave there into a nest. <laughs> if you leave clean clothes, that becomes a nest.
0: Like, oh, they, daddy's just been making it cushiony for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk some more about the command center when we get to the tittle. Um, okay. We'll talk about more specifics about uh, things to maybe to get out of your command center. But let's go on to talk about our second main topic today. Even the most perfectly organized space, and hardly any of us have that, right even the most perfectly organized space can't be maintained if the inflow of new possessions outpaces our efforts to declutter. We're going to talk about how to organize now for future stuff by designing systems that accommodate both your present collection and new acquisitions audience member Emily suggested this topic. Emily wanted to know how to organize knowing more things will come in. Emily's question highlights the disconnect we often experience between the idea that an organizing project has to deal with a finite set of stuff and the reality of our lives that some of our collections will continue to grow even as we're trying to figure out how to refine, organize, and store the items.
0: So we asked our audience to think about a large category of stuff or collection they're managing, and then select the statement that best describes their approach to keeping the category organized. 17% said that they've designed a storage system that includes space for future purchases, and eight more percent said that they maintain a strict one-in, one-out policy to keep the category from becoming cluttered but the option that received the most responses was I shop without regard for how much I have already. So the category tends to grow out of control, (laughs) which came in at 20% and nine more percent said, I buy new stuff until my storage system is under stress. And then I purge to make room for additions. So we're going to talk today about aligning your systems and processes for managing stuff with your habits and routines around acquiring new stuff to hopefully set you up for some success around this. Being able to add new things in the future assumes a level of empty space in the present. If you have an overstuffed area, closet, bookcase, pantry, that's already overstuffed, then you're already out of storage capacity. And getting it down to 100% full instead of 150% full doesn't really help because you still have no empty space to receive anything new. So first off, you have to declutter from overstuffed to partially empty to be able to add anything new in the future. And that means all of your storage areas need to have some emptied capacity in them, some rod space in the closet or shelf space in the closet, some empty space in a cabinet or drawer or an empty space on a bookcase. It also means planning space for volumes that you typically buy. So if you always buy four 12 packs of soda, when you go to the grocery store, that means you need a parking space for those four packages when you're fully stocked up. So what about that huge paper towel package with 18 rolls? You know, it's like this big thing of 18 rolls. When you buy that, you need space to park that container or You need space to unpack that container and stack those 18 rolls. So that space should slowly empty as you use up the paper towels instead of the paper towels sitting around until you've used enough of them to fit into the space you have for them. That's backwards. So you need to have empty space to receive the 18 rolls you're going to buy. And then that space slowly becomes empty as you use them. That's the goal here. A pantry should have space for what you typically buy. And as it gets used up, your pantry should be revealing empty space until it's time to buy again. Now a closet functions the same way on a longer loop. When you go shopping, you need to put those clothes away. So either you have empty space to use or you have to remove stuff to create the space. That's why it's best to declutter below, for, below full capacity. So there's some room to add. And then you can still take more things out when you're ready to refresh your empty space. You don't have to do that in correlation with shopping. You can go back and take things out regularly as well. So a hobby, if you have a hobby like me, um, you have a much faster accumulation rate usually than other kinds of shopping. And we gather supplies because they're cool and interesting and we have no plan to immediately use them. We're just buying them because they're cool. So planning for that growth is how hobbyists go from a corner of a table to an entire room devoted to the hobby. So I wouldn't go that far until you're more certain about how much you like a particular hobby. But once you're sold on it, then designing a space for what will be an ever-expanding collection is only going to help you. Assume the collection will get bigger and set up storage that has tons of empty space to begin with. Trust me, you will use it up (laughs) and you'll need to edit your supplies and expand your stores eventually. But that's how my living room is: have bead room and have living room because I have that is a long-standing, many-decade hobby of mine. And I have an entire store's worth of supplies. And so somebody could take my supplies and open a store with them. And so most hobbyists get to that point if they enjoy. Um, being creative as fun and so it's just going to be something that you have to plan for and of course you're going to have parameters around how much space you have depending on how many people you're living with and what other kinds of things are happening in the house but it it is going to be a collection that is going to grow fast and is going to need space to grow into and then the the last thing i'm going to say about this is that maintenance mode around this concept is really simple When you're adding new, it's time to find something to release so that you maintain the volume of stuff that you're comfortable managing and maintain a level of empty space that allows you to receive and makes it easy to put things in and out. And so some people try to store up to 100% of capacity of whatever storage system they have or use cabinets, drawers, whatever. They fill it 100% and call it done. And- my point here is combined with making it easier to use some a space, a storage unit, a closet, a drawer, it's easier to have some empty space in there to put things in and out quickly, to find what you want quickly, and to receive anything new. You can just go and throw something new in there. It's important to aim for some level of empty space, which is what makes the storage areas function, manageable.
1: Amanda says, <clears throat> I found myself not buying anything because of all the things I already have. It makes for a stagnant life. I hope to do away with what's not relevant so my home can reflect me right now.
0: Exactly. And, you know, over time, we, we find out that, you know, the thing that we bought 10 years ago isn't really, um, you know, doing it for us anymore. And um, sending that, you don't have to store it. You don't have to keep it. You can send it on down the road and not have it take up space that is, you know, essentially it's using up space you need for something else and it's causing you trouble because you don't actually want it or want to use it.
1: Pat says, <clears throat> I'm trying to eat down my canned dry and frozen food and just Did buy a few, a few fresh items each week. I'm doing Thank well you. with this project. I've gotten good at walking down the grocery store aisle saying I don't need that to myself
0: good mantra. I love it. I don't need that right now. I don't need that right now. Never mind. I have to tell you that while I was homesick, um, I, I had a lot of chicken rice soup (laughs) and I went through everything possible in my pantry because I had zero energy and zero will to do anything else. And I, you know, I just kept wandering over and taking the next soup can out of the thing and eating it and, you know, there's lots of holes in my pantry right now and I'm okay with that. Like I'm just leaving it there for the time being. And you know, there's always another trip to the store. There's always food next week. And so you really don't have to have 4 million containers and having lived through the pandemic and, and supply chain interruptions and scarcity, you know, nobody actually completely ran out of toilet paper. Nobody went without food. They occasionally found it hard to find toilet paper and they. And And particular food. Particular food. Like they didn't get 100% exactly what they always wanted to have, but nobody actually was unable to get any supplies at all. And so if the pandemic and all that, you know, two years worth of disruption didn't do it, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to go down to the grocery store whenever you want. And you can let the grocery store store the food instead of you storing the food. <laughs> I think the we it would be interesting to, to uh,
1: maybe we'll ask some survey questions about that. How have your, you know, what habits changed for you during the pandemic and which of them have gone back to the yeah, way you did things back. before and which ones are you maybe still working in pandemic mode? Right. I'm still, I, I would say I'm still trying to, Grocery shop less frequently because it's just sort of to, to minimize the exposure and mm. to try and also for the efficiency of trying to get it all done at once. Yeah. But the danger to that is then I end up with too much, you know, more than fits, more than fits comfortably yeah, in the pantry yeah, yeah. with, with, with air to be able to move things around when I need to find something
0: and your pantry you know you're using a piece of furniture to store stuff like he has a cabinet um, a, a unit that has shelves and doors that he's used to put pantry stuff in and so he's adapting a smaller kitchen for that and so your capacity is limited like you know you don't have a um a huge kitchen with a big island in the middle and 400 million things in a walk-in pantry like not everybody has that and you're dealing with a different setup now than you've had in other in other houses and so the volume that you need to manage is has shrunk to go with this house
1: well or it should have shrunk to go with this house but <laughs> I, I i feared um, thinking about <clears throat> the category of uh st- stored food i would have to say i'm i fit in the I would have to answer. I buy new stuff in this category until my storage system is under stress and then I purge to make room for additions.
0: <laughs> and then you I'm eat some food. <laughs> then you eat some food. Yeah. Or make a make a plan to cook. <laughs> exactly. Oh, how funny. <laughs> I keep way less than I even I ever imagined when I go to the grocery store because I hate going to the grocery store so much. I just hate it. And so I go and stock up on stuff and I have to buy a certain amount of fresh cuz I can't eat I can't have fresh for 2 weeks and eat it all without some of it dying. So I buy I I buy fresh for a couple of days and then what I eat for the rest of the time is stuff that isn't fresh because it's the only way that I can stock the freezer and the pantry and be able to eat and not have to go to the grocery store for 2 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um uh Lizard has her hand up. Hey Lizard.
1: <laughs> go ahead and um, unmute yourself,
0: Liz. Well, I get my meals delivered. Oh. I put them in the refrigerator on Sunday. Yeah. My favorite is the protein scramble with eggs, and it's got a a variety of foods. It's fit like foods. It's Mm. like restaurant quality. There's no dishes to wash. They don't pile up. And it's right there ready for you, and it lasts for a week, and it's every Sunday
2: that's Other great that,
0: instacart right yeah instacart and i didn't know delivery. i had my hand up but i'm glad i got to say something oh you did <laughs> have your hand up we you know we respond to those little hands I that pop up. Here. Uh, i'm glad you did thanks yeah this is where i'm moving into this this is my home i've been working on for five years well i'm exaggerating but anyway i don't know if you even hurt them. oh you're in you're in the um you're in the home now that you've been moving into is that what you're saying yeah um i'm sorry i can't hear you because oh no worries no worries anyway we'll come back okay, okay. what else
1: ann says i buy food once a week i buy no canned goods i buy one package of six drumsticks four pounds of three different vegetables plus some onions and celery and whole ginger to peel and chop and use for flavoring and cook all the veggies and herbs all at once and keep it in the fridge. Oh, huh? I also buy a two pound bag of shelled pecan sometimes and a jar of almond butter. Sometimes I wish that we could get ourselves into a routine like we have for the dog. Cause what we do for, you know, we do a mixture of dry dog food
0: and what Party. we call hardy has his own um, you know uh, Art- chef recipe artisanal dog breakfast <laughs> yes, <laughs> which
1: i cook in the instant pot about every three weeks i make oh. a big big batch of ground turkey brown rice oatmeal green beans carrots and something else See. oregano
0: we do this for our dog and Oregano. cats, and we don't do it for ourselves. Yeah, it would, and it would make a lot of sense to
1: do something similar for myself. Now, dogs are unlike humans in that dogs want no variety.
0: <laughs> right? They don't you care know? if it's the same thing over and over again. No,
1: and and in fact, <laughs> in fact, I think there's some the research indicates that dogs would prefer if it if nothing ever changed. They're they creatures of habit, and And they like the certainty and constancy, yeah. Um, whereas humans like a little variety in their
0: diet. Daddy cooks for the puppy. That's so nice.
1: (laughs) Um, I want to take a moment for a special announcement. Okay. Which is, we want to say a special thank you to Sally for becoming our newest Patreon supporter.
0: Hi, Sally. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it.
1: We are actually working, uh, well, I haven't even told Gail this. This is news to Gail as well as to everyone else, but I'm actually working on trying to come up with some special things for our Patreon supporters. They've been very patient with us while we've given them nothing nothing particularly for them, but I'm working on that. (laughs) If you'd like to help support our efforts with a recurring monthly donation please visit cfhou.com slash Patreon. Contributions help us offset the cost of producing the weekly webcast and will help us fund new projects in the works. Thank you for your support, Sally, and all of our generous underwriters.
0: We appreciate you so much. It helps us put this on every week. We're super grateful for it. Thank you
1: um deborah says uh, i make doggy biscuits for friends dogs i bake more for them than myself ah. <laughs> i did it i did it a few times and he was he's so picky he didn't like the dog biscuits i made so i was like, he's like fine <laughs> fine then i understand why he likes the 11 dollar dog biscuits from <laughs> the fancy <laughs> boutique pet store better than the ones that daddy uh, made at home for
0: 23 right, cents uh, right oh that's so funny he's like just pony up just pony up for the biscuits I'm not eating your stupid homemade biscuits and asked
1: (laughs) whether our dog likes this mixture and he he does very much in fact yesterday we had run out and so I didn't have any for his breakfast and I gave so I gave him a bowl of dry food and he looked at me like I had you know hit him with a stick or something
0: yeah really daddy there's no turkey (laughs) hair
1: he had to have he had to have breakfast for dinner yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and we're not, we're not, we don't do this solely because we are super indulgent pet owners. We also, he also had some issues early on.
0: Yeah, that yeah. He, ind- has, indicated, he had stomach issues, digestive issues. Well,
1: just things that indicated that he needed more fiber in his diet than than the standard dog food was giving him. So the, the yeah. green beans and carrots are are helping make up for that and the and the oatmeal and and all that linda said i heard about a family who had one month per year which they called eat ourselves out of house and home month Ah. when when they ate everything in the pantry freezer etc they ate some weird combinations but everyone got in the (laughs) spirit of it good for clearing out and good for the food budget
0: right and i love that that's a that's like a great way to reset the pantry right to like pull everything out and use it up and make sure that you you don't have things lingering in the back that are about to expire and it gets rid of it. And yeah, you know, everybody likes to have something new and fabulous at every meal, but sometimes you just need to eat the food you got and get it out of there. You bought it to eat it. You might as well eat it up. Right. Right. <laughs> I okay, like that. Let, let's uh, let's talk about next week. Okay.
1: We're going to be back next week. At the usual time, Tuesday, April 4th, noon, U.S. Central Time. And I'm so happy that we are now back in sync with Europe and the U.K.
0: I know. It's very distressing when everybody gets out of alignment. <laughs> I don't like that either.
1: What we are talking about next week is Gail's report from Napo, the NAPO 2023 conference. Gail will give Las Vegas, us baby. the skinny <laughs> on what's new in the organizing industry. And then we're also going to examine a case study in Tetris organizing. So tune in next week to hear about that.
0: We're going to talk about um, what happens when you're constantly shoveling things around and um, reorganizing them and re- having to move them around to get what you want all the time. We're going to look at that in more detail. Why don't you give us the tittle? Okay, this week's title is called ready for action. And what we want you to do as an assignment this week is to design the reset process for your command post. So wherever you are sitting, we're going to assume that most of you whether you've thought of it as a command center or a command post or not, there's some place where you're sitting and actively doing stuff. And it's surrounded by shrapnel and it has things in the way and it has work in progress and that kind of stuff. And so we want you to go and reset that space and as you do that go put things away go take the trash out go take the stuff that doesn't belong there and you know go put your clothes and shoes away go put the food dishes away all that kind of stuff whatever's in there that doesn't need to be there pick up the stuff off the floor and move it away and re-examine your command post for Once you've stripped it down to the bare stuff, then let's set it up to design and support what you want to actually do there. So like we talked about earlier, what things do you need to do there? What things do you actively like to do there? And then what uh, small amount of supplies support you doing those things? And what kind of storage do you need for the projects that are in process and make it function better for you? It's probably a space that got set up by default or by accident. And so we want you to think of it as a project now to design this space thoughtfully based on what you actually want to accomplish there and what will be useful for you to be able to do there. Clean it up, set it up, and then come back and tell us how it went. All right. Thank you very much. I think people can
1: particularly focus on what do you see here that really doesn't need to be here. You know, Mm. If your routine is I file papers once a week on Saturday. Can where can those papers go until Saturday? That is not your command center. Yeah. Um, if you're one of the people who only manages the unread mail what, less than once a day, can it go, can it go somewhere else? It can the need books to that to be in finished,
0: a teetering pile.
1: Yeah. Can your unfinished projects? wait for you somewhere else other than maybe the one that you're most focused on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you are watching this on YouTube, we would love for you to join us live to get notifications about upcoming events. We invite you to join the meetup group by visiting cfhou.com meetup. You can also follow us on Facebook by visiting cfhou.com Facebook or join our mailing list by visiting cfhou.com slash subscribe. I wanna talk for a moment before we close about this last week's survey question about a mutual support system. We didn't talk about the results and I haven't yet figured out how to share the results in aggregate in a, in a form that will be useful. It was a whole bunch of questions a whole, or a whole bunch of options that you could rank from most helpful to least helpful,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, Gail and I will will talk through them and and mull it over, mull it over, figure out what we want to do with this input, and share it if I can figure out a way to share it. But I didn't want you to think we ignored you on that on that question. Okay. On your answers to that question, we love to hear from you. So please keep your questions, comments, and topic suggestions coming in YouTube, on Facebook, or anywhere that you find us. You can always reach us through our website at clutterfairhouston.com.
0: Thanks for joining us every week. You know that we love you so much and we really appreciate that you play with our surveys and you come and listen to us talk and we're so glad that you're here. So we hope to see you again next week. Thanks. Bye Bye-bye.